Hey gang, welcome to this week's episode of the Inside Wag Nutrition Podcast. This week, me and Chris are going to talk about healthy habits. Habits that help you thrive today and long into the future. And isn't that what this is all about anyways? Health, longevity, living your best life? We think so. So if you're down with that, stay tuned. This is a really good episode and you're going to like it. If you want to sign up with us, you can go to workingagainstgravity.com backslash join and use the code inside wag at checkout to get $50 off your first month of coaching with us here at working against gravity. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. You know what? Chris, hmm. hey Chris, you know what? Hey, what? Today, we're going to talk about lifestyle factors and how they contribute to success in the short term and the long term. Mm, I've heard about this. Yeah. <laughs> it's a hot topic. Yeah. How can you be healthier right now and also in the long term? Positive habits, positive routines, things to consider, things to think about. That is the topic of today's show gang and do i mean me and chris did a did some uh prep for this show as we do with most of our shows but um chris had a interesting anecdote um he had a pretty interesting discussion with a person that he works with this past week um and it it's really like pretty spot on with this topic so uh, i'm gonna let chris take it away and kind of talk a little bit about that and how it came up and how that conversation went. Sure. Yeah. So um, I've had a, a client, a male who has been working with me for about the past two months and his last few check-ins kind of got increasingly frustrating. Um, his tone, his demeanor in terms of what he had to offer me um, outside of just being like, I'm frustrated. I don't really have much motivation to keep this going. Um, he was, he was frustrated. He was frustrated. He was frustrated. Um, got it. Yeah. And, and frustrated with the sense of, his perception of his progress and feeling like this was all for none kind of thing and wanting to give up or wanting to kind of be uh, advised as to like, what do I have to look forward to if right. this, if I'm two months into this and not a whole lot has changed um, in his opinion, um, where do we go from here? Like, what am I looking for? You know, and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I tried to reply kind of, you know, had uh, his first reply to that, that initial frustration was just like, well, like, I understand that, but you know, uh, these things take time, you know, the thing is to kind of just plug into the process, uh, be fully aware of the new habits and lifestyle factors that you're changing and determining, um, that have more positive outcomes than do negative outcomes, the stuff we're trying to outdo. And, you know, kind of took that, sat on that, and then replied the following week um, in his next check-in saying, still feeling the same way as last week, frustrated, not feeling lack of motivation, to which I provided this um, analogy of, well, you know, it takes nine months for a human embryo to go from basically an embryo to a baby that is born into this world and is a completely useless human that needs to be cared for for yeah. quite a long time before it can stand on its own two feet and even like 
make it in this world. And here we are in this space where I believe this person's in their late thirties, maybe early forties, if I remember correctly. And you're expecting 30 days, 60 days, 90 days of changing your habits, not fully changed, but changing those habits to outdo 20, 30, 40 years of programming habits, behaviors, external influences and things like that. And just how unfair to the process that was. And I use the comparison of starting a new job, or maybe it's a job that's adjacent to what you do, but essentially it's a new role and you're taking on new things. Mm -hmm. Like when you're in this new job and you make a mistake or something, you know, do you just go out of frustration? Well, I guess I'm not cut out for this. I should quit and move on to something else. And it's like, no, you would never do that. (laughs) Um, Take a relationship, for example, a marriage, partnership, whatever. If you mess up or you hurt your partner's feelings, do you, you know, just go, oh, I guess I'm not cut out for this. I messed up. I'm not good at anything. What's the point of this? What do I have to look forward to? And then you just end it. And then you move on to the next devastating (laughs) partnership that you ruined because (laughs) you can't persevere through something. And so I made that those analogies in the sense that your nutrition and your fitness cannot and should not be treated any differently if you have the expectation of succeeding and actually gaining traction and getting somewhere with it. And so this is the setup to why Josh and I find this such a valuable topic to discuss because as coaches, it's frustrating seeing people want to give up on themselves after 30, 60, 90 days of giving something a try. Maybe they tried everything else under the, uh, the, under the rainbow and now they're getting, they're leveling up and paying for nutrition coaching. And because they're now paying for nutrition coaching, they expect this magical time frame to transform yeah. and outdo everything about their entire life where their coach wasn't a part of. Right. And so we want to try to like help explain and unravel the mystery, which there really is no mystery. You'll find out that it is pretty straightforward, um, yeah. kind of like the analogies with the job and the relationship, like perseverance, continuing to move forward, building a foundation of habits and lifestyle factors and behaviors and things that make you feel good that then move you in another trajectory towards the person you want to become and yeah. showing up and doing the work regardless of how you feel about it and how that creates discipline and character traits that are now aligned and conducive to where and who you want to be, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's what we're going to talk about today. That's what we're going to talk about today. And if you're a listener to the podcast and you've been listening to us for a while, um, first of all, thanks. That's mm-hmm. cool. We love we that. Love that. Um, <laughs> um, second, there's going to be a lot of overlap here. There's a lot of these things that we talk about or that we have talked about in the past um, that we're going to, you know, go over once more. Mm-hmm. And like Chris said, it's nothing like super crazy or, you know, sexy or anything like that. These are really basic things um, that they're often overlooked because they're none of those things. They're, they're, they're not super cool, you know, or maybe not, maybe you don't think mm-hmm. they're super cool, but people want like the, the, it's the shiny object syndrome, right? They want the next big thing. They want the, the pill that they can take mm-hmm. the, that will make them lose weight. They want the perfect program. They want the perfect diet. You know, they want to be extreme. Um, and none of this is any of that. Yeah. None of this is really super extreme. Um, it's not flashy or anything, but you know what? Time and time again, it is proven to work. 
It mm-hmm. has been studied for decades and decades and decades. Supported by the evidence. Supported <laughs> by the evidence, yes. Mm-hmm. And if you apply these to your everyday life, um, you will be a healthier and, dare I say, happier person. Mm. So, Sounds cool to me. Yeah, yeah. Let's um, <laughs> let's dig right into it. We got we got some notes here. So, yeah. um, why don't you start? Why don't you go ahead and start with that diet piece that we have? Yeah. So this is what Wag do. Uh, Wag does. That's <laughs> what we do as coaches. Wag do. Wag do. Wag do. Um, you know, we help people understand their nutrition, and it's not subscribing to any way of being with your nutrition, but it's again finding an approach that works for you, and ultimately for most, uh, if given a try and actually sustained. So the number one thing is like, we know surprise healthy eating, um, and healthy eating being defined as consuming a balanced diet that is rich in fruits, vegetables, whole grains, and lean protein, which promotes satiety. It reduces total calorie intake because you're fuller for longer. So you don't overeat and provides all the essential nutrients for optimal health. Yeah. Nothing sexy about it. Nope. It's something your grandma probably would have told you, (laughs) you know, but notice how in that statement, there was nothing about demonizing foods, saying that any one food is good or bad. It's just balanced approach to things. And that sounds to me like a lot of freedom. Yeah. And I mean, it doesn't seem constrictive or restrictive rather. No, no. And to, to add on to that, the, the next thing would be portion control. And making sure that even if you have the most balanced diet, even if you're you're hitting all of those um, those key ingredients, right? The mm-hmm. fruits, the vegetables, the lean proteins, all the stuff. Um, it's got to be in a proper portion. You mm-hmm. know, you gotta you 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 can, you can overeat on a healthy diet. You can For take sure. in too many calories on a healthy diet, and I think that's what a lot of people get got hung up on um, with uh, paleo. I know and, being in the and process, keto and keto too. Yeah, yeah. Um, being in the CrossFit community, obviously paleo was the thing for the longest time yeah. and the principles are, are still like very sound, but mm-hmm. you can like overeat on avocados and sweet potatoes and, you know, chicken and steaks, you know, and of course those are not, I'm not saying that is the paleo diet, but right. those are very healthy, nutrient rich foods and you can overdo it on those. So portion control whether that's counting macros or counting calories or however you want to measure it or zone blocks, whatever blocks. If you want to use your your hand, you know, like the piece of protein that's like the size of like your hand and then like the, the veggies, that's the size of your palm or a closed fist, whatever, Mm -hmm. however you do it, you should keep an eye on your portions. Um, and that's going to help you maintain a healthy body weight, healthy energy levels and, and so on. So a lot of stuff we're going to talk about here in a minute, but, um, that is, yeah, that's the next step, the yes. next thing that you should be aware of. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one would be limiting your processed foods. Um, and notice how I didn't say exclude them, demonize them, <laughs> anything like that, but just limiting Limit. your processed foods. Um, and could be, and the reason being is because processed foods are often high in unhealthy fats, uh, added sugars, refined, refined carbohydrates, you know, and those things tend to contribute to weight gain and hindering weight maintenance. And then not, that is not in the context of just those foods in general or any one food in that processed food group. It is in the context of your total caloric intake mm-hmm. and a matter of quality of your nutrition. 
And the difference between a whole food, like we mentioned at the top of the show, was that those foods are micronutrient-dense, fibrous. They do a better job at filling up your stomach because they take up more physical space. And they send that signal from the stomach to the brain going, you're full. Move on with your life. Right. Whereas processed foods tend to be the opposite. They are generally nutrient-void, fiber-void. They can generally contain more calories for a smaller amount of food. And let's not forget, they are engineered to make you want them and be so delicious. Yeah. <laughs> and it's marketing 101, baby. And and so you can overdo it on those foods, but those are then generally the foods that get demonized because you overdo it. Nobody ever says, man, I overdid it on chicken and broccoli tonight. You just yeah. don't. It just never yeah. happens. So context <laughs> yeah, and context. total calories yep. <laughs> balance. Boy, so. I, I just couldn't stop eating apples today. Yeah. You know, I, I couldn't not, stop not, eating right. Apples have so yeah. much sugar, dude. You ate all those sugars. Yeah. <laughs> dude, yeah. You want to yeah. talk about sugars. You want to talk about ad- We want to talk about added sugars, right. not added sugars. The natural sugars that are found in foods. So there you go. I get that question. And that's, I mean, Chris just said it, added sugars. I get that question a lot. You know, mm-hmm. I recommend fruit for uh, a good carbohydrate source. Absolutely. Um, and people come back and they get worried about the sugar, and the fructose in, in fruit. It's like, well, we're not really super concerned about that. We're we're more concerned about the added sugars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And limiting those. So. Yeah. And then that benefit of the fullness that fruit can provide. Like, oh, yeah, the fiber content. Yeah. Yeah. Like, here's just a quick thought experiment for everyone listening. Imagine entering into a banana eating contest. How far do you think you're going to get? I'd probably <laughs> stop at two. I'd be done. Yeah. So full. Like nobody sat down and overdid it on bananas and then regretted their life after. Like it just, <laughs> it, they're too filling. They're too satisfying. It's not going to happen. So yeah. Yeah. Let that thought linger. <laughs> yeah. I wonder how many you could do. Oh, I maybe, maybe, that's so po- quick. maybe that's a podcast episode. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> See how many bananas we can eat. Yeah, three, two, one. viewers go through the roof. Go. <laughs> oh, my God. Makes me sick yeah. to think, think about it. I'll tell you what, apples, I mean, I've, oh. I love I love apples, man. Love me too. Favorite. Apples and bananas are a daily staple in my diet. Oftentimes yeah. paired together with a quick protein shake right after yeah. a, a workout, it's, I'm done. I'm satisfied after. I can go for a walk and then I'll come back home and I'm ready for an actual meal. Yeah. Perfect. Perfection. Yep. Um, next up for the diet is hydration and we find, and studies also show that so many people are constantly in a state of dehydration. Mm. doesn't necessarily have to be like your, you know, we, we talk obviously like urine color is a good indicator of how hydrated you are. So we're not talking about really, really dark urine, but we're just talking about like a mild, mild dehydration. Like just, it shouldn't look like Pepsi. I hope that you got big problems. <laughs> yeah. You got more than hydration problems going on if that's yeah, the case. The but, um, but living in that just like constant state of just mild dehydration is just uh, how a lot of people live. Yeah. Um, so we want to make sure that people are drinking plenty of water. Um, that does help curb cravings, um, excuse me, and boost metabolism. So, so in a dieting sense, there there is some benefits to that but just in overall health and well-being um you stay, staying hydrated i'm sorry i'm sorry getting dehydrated the first thing to be affected is your brain 
because your brain mm-hmm. is like most your brain is mostly water. I'm gonna I forget the percentage. It's at least like seventy percent water, maybe yeah. 80%. Um, so I'm sure that someone will let me know exactly. Yeah. It's about roughly that. similar to the context of our bodies. Yeah, what it's yeah, made yeah. up of too. It's, yeah, it's, it's high. It's very similar. So as, as soon as dehydration sets in, like what's the first thing to go? And it's mental cognition. Mm-hmm. Think of your brain drying up because it doesn't have the fluids to stay pliable and to send electrical signals throughout. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And that, I mean, you're, you're, that just affects every single decision that you make Mm -hmm. throughout the day. And that of course includes food, you know, so you get dehydrated. It's going to be like, I I just don't care. I'm just hungry. And you're just kind of foggy and not with it. And it's so much easier to make poor decisions when Mm -hmm. it comes to food. And uh, also maybe you just decide to skip the gym or skip doing something else because you're tired and you're just kind of, again, foggy and mm-hmm. you don't really feel like doing anything. A majority of those symptoms can be cleared up very quickly with more water mm-hmm. and just getting your body hydrated. So yeah, um, if you're in a bad mood, <laughs> drink some water, yeah. you know, like yeah. it could be the fix, you know, because think about how... I mean, we're talking about it in the sense of like nutrition and fitness, but think about what mental cognition and fogginess does to your entire existence every day you're awake and dealing with what you face at work, your relationship, the gym, your nutrition, the way you perceive and look at things like that's the lens (laughs) in which you're experiencing the world through. And there's a choice there. And I think there's a, there's a side aspect to this too, because like people wake up, they feel depleted. They're, um, you know, not drinking enough water. So they think it's an energy issue. So, right. And we know that energy is gained from the consumption of food. Calories are energy, you know, and they think to like get that energy from something quick, like a caffeine, like coffee, uh, whatever energy drinks you're pounding through the day, just to like push through and get through that fog when really caffeine is a stimulant. It's not providing any energy whatsoever. It's just a stimulant that gives you a sensation of alertness and awareness. And when it's relied on as a crutch in lieu of a healthy diet that provides you energy with hydration to help you digest those foods (laughs) and, you know, all the health benefits that come with it that we just talked about, then you're kind of chasing this like carrot on a string by just pounding caffeine drinks all day long and then maybe get into your meal later on when like maybe just a little bit of food in the morning could have been the the, the difference in how you went about your day and uh, the actual energy that you want to have. So it's like, if you want to feel energized, eat some good food and then see what happens as opposed to the energy drink, which is really has its time and place should be used before training. If anything, um, not just as a crutch (laughs) to what's not going on in your life. Yeah. In your, in your habits. Yeah, and I'll add to the hydration conversation. There, there's been more uh, research and studies on this. Uh, I feel like more recently, um, I, I believe uh, Dr. Andy Galpin has done quite a few podcasts and papers on this, as well as um, uh, his last name is Dynical Di Antonio. He's got, he's got, I want to <laughs> say it's James Dynical Antonio. I, I'm, I'm probably going to get heat for that too um <laughs> but uh the research to promote um electrolyte balance mm. um so you can drink a lot of water and just drink water and drink water and you can actually get you can actually suffer from dehydration 
even if you're drinking a lot of water because you're just wiping out all these vitamins and minerals that your body needs. Um, and, and it also, if you sweat a lot, like if you're doing hardcore exercise all the time or frequently mm-hmm. uh, and you're not replenishing via a healthy diet, you can use electrolytes to kind of like help you reachieve uh, that balance. And those, the three electrolytes that you want to make sure that you're getting either in your diet or you're supplementing with is sodium, potassium, and uh, chloride. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of different supplements out there that you can use um, to do that. Um, but if you have a healthy and well-balanced diet, generally you're going to be fine with those. Um, but if you're, again, if you're on the upper echelon of like exercising frequently and really vigorously, you're sweating a lot, maybe you have a really physical job, replenishing with electrolytes uh, can be a really important piece of the uh, health and wellness puzzle. So. Just want before we moved on, I wanted to get that out there. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. All right. So the next <laughs> thing that we're going to move into <laughs> from diet is the next component of things, which can have a profound impact on your existence, which is physical activity. Yes. And so we know, in most cases, that regular exercise or engaging in any regular physical activity, including both cardio and strength training, preferably both, uh, you know, not only burns calories but it helps you build and maintain and preserve muscle mass. It boosts your metabolism, uh, which contributes to weight loss and preventing weight regain, which is yeah. all sounds pretty great to me. Yeah. How about you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah the, right. There is such a wide range of activity levels that you can like engage in. Yeah. You know, I, before the podcast, I was talking to Chris about this, like there's, multiple studies that show that for longevity and again we're not talking about perhaps like peak fitness or or peak wellness but just like long longevity you want to live longer and a healthy life that your body requires a minimum of 60 minutes a week it's not per day 60 minutes a week okay so it's like a that's two episodes of a netflix show (laughs) Sure. Roughly, however, let's, let's let's equate it to something familiar. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's, hey, it's it, that's that's one Bell Witch song. How about it, that? <laughs> Even better. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, whatever, whatever you use for measurement, mm-hmm. <laughs> break it down, uh, so you can understand that doing sixty minutes a week of activity is not terribly demanding. No. You can do three 20-minute walks a week in your set. You can do six 10-minute walks, you know? Hmm. This, I mean, and and then obviously, like I said, from there, you can build and you can do more. But if we're talking about just bare bones, basics. Entry level. Entry level, right? Someone that is just starting to get their health in check and actually care, you know, about themselves and, and pick up new habits and start maybe a new routine baseline 60 minutes a week and you are so far ahead of a vast majority of the population um so that's that's, pretty great yeah it is it is pretty great and then obviously what chris was saying about you know more vigorous exercise builds muscle increases your uh metabolism cardiovascular health goes up all that stuff just it it just kind of like ramps up you know and but you got to start somewhere and if you're starting Mm -hmm just getting off the couch that's a great uh that's a great way to start i concur <laughs> yeah yeah um right. 
the next one, I mean, this kind of ties right into that. Yeah. Uh, finding activities that you enjoy to do. So, Chris, I'm going to use you as an example. Please do. <laughs> you may remember a couple episodes ago, Chris was uh, talking about trail running. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Chris was talking about running, and he was like, I didn't like it. It was well, it was really hot. He he yes. really yeah, it was really hot and uncomfortable and he he really didn't like it and he was running like in the city, like on pavement and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But as soon as he changed his perspective and decided to go out and you like Chris lives in Colorado, as most of you know, mm-hmm. he has an amazing and wonderful array, wide array of different terrains and parks and mountain ranges and things near him. As soon as Chris decided to go out and do some trail running and also just like get out and do some hikes. Like mm-hmm. all of a sudden, like his cardio became fun and he yeah. looked forward to it. So this is, that's exactly what we're talking about here. Yeah. Modifying it. Just, you know, Modifying. make it uh, stay in your lane, if you will. That's what I did. <laughs> I had to find lane. my lane and I had to <laughs> stay in it. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, my trail running thing is a whole nother thing, but I think I'm giving up on that. I just realized I don't like well, running and I'm okay yeah. with that. <laughs> and that's cool. I'll get my and zone that's... two cardio elsewhere. You know, I'll get yeah, it from heavy that... squats. Yeah. We didn't talk, we didn't talk much about that before the, uh, yeah. before the podcast started, but I do remember. I like that. Specific, yeah. Specifically talking to Chris about, you know, finding uh, what was going to help him like continue to be engaged with doing like cardio work, like outside and, Mm-hmm. Now we're massing and things have changed and he's doing a lot more lifting and things. But back when we first talked about it, that was a major hurdle that he was mm-hmm. actively seeking to jump. And um, if you can find something that you really enjoy, whether it's hiking or just, like I said, walking, if you really like running, maybe you like swimming, maybe getting in the pool is cool. Maybe you like mm-hmm. that, all that stuff, super beneficial. Um, and if you just start to tap into that, you know, um, yeah. every single week, then you're going to be light years ahead of everybody else. So for sure. And this idea that you have to go to a gym necessarily, like, I mean, we were just talking about like everything that Josh just said, that was all outside and just me a matter of me leaving my front door. Yeah. Yeah. Let alone driving to the mountains 20 minutes away and getting out for trail running. Right. So other ways that you can incorporate movement throughout the day is just simply like taking the stairs instead of the elevator. Like if you go to an office building and you're on the second floor, take the stairs, you know, like if there's (laughs) nothing limiting you in terms of like, obviously chronic and any sort of chronic issues, any sort of physical limitations, things like that. Like you're cheating yourself by not just yeah. taking the stairs, right? Um, little things like parking farther away at the, um, at the grocery store, maybe yeah. even like up that ability and park right next to the cart return. So you're also being a decent human and returning your cart, you know, <laughs> yeah. and then other simple things that are just part of your lifestyle factors and just like everyday stuff, like doing household chores. Uh, these are all just simple ways to increase your daily activity and burn more calories. Cause the truth of the matter is me, Josh, most of our clients spend far more time outside of the gym than they could ever possibly realistically spend in the gym. And yeah. all that time, is time to develop these lifestyle factors where you are just somebody who is just not being as sedentary. And that's such a plethora of opportunity to burn so many more calories. And that maintains yeah. your energy balance through the week. You know what I mean? And so you might be able to be the person. So when you're wondering about like, you see somebody who's like, how can you eat all this stuff and still be the way you are? It's probably because that person's not eating all that stuff and sitting around that stuff's getting put to work. You know what I mean? And again, that's not 
uh, an instance of like punishing yourself from eating too much and then having to go work it off. It's just, these are built in factors. So they don't even have to think about it because they have a higher energy demand because they're moving around more and that's a yeah. pretty great place to be. That's a win-win for, for me, sure. you know? So, yeah. yeah. Um, yep. And like, if you want to explore workouts and going to the gym, like, of course you can do that. And there's plenty of different resources. I and mean, we have quite a few resources mm-hmm. um, at WAG or <clears throat> at working against gravity.com. You can, you can, check it out or if you have a coach or someone that you're close to that maybe is fit then you can obviously ask them for advice you know but um yep it all starts i mean you can start today you can you know maybe you're doing it right now maybe you're walking and you're listening to the podcast but mm-hmm. if, or you know when you get home from work tonight then you can literally start just go out for a 10 minute walk around the neighborhood come back in and you are like again you're already like pushing the needle in the right direction so mm-hmm. Don't think that you have to do something crazy. Go buy a gym membership immediately, right now, yeah, to get healthy. Like you could just go outside, yeah, and uh, start and get to work. Yeah. Also, don't forget that nice little path that exists, and it's called the path of least resistance. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's also good. a choice. <laughs> That's right. Yep. Hundred percent. Make it easy for yourself, gang. Agreed. Yeah. Life's hard enough. Life is hard. Yep. Don't, don't make it harder. It needs to be. Don't do it. Don't do it. So, right. yeah. Moving on, sleep. Wow, boy, is this a boy? Is this a big one? Huge. Getting enough sleep. All right. So, much like the hydration, many, many, many people, many people. That makes it sound like maybe like forty or fifty. It's like many. Like mm. I think you need to go higher. Go higher. <laughs> yes, a vast majority of the population of Earth. How about wow. that? That sounds pretty better. good. Yeah. They're underslept, underrested, and the consequences of this are like becoming more and more dire. The more the research comes out, the more that this is studied, the more serious the consequences become. So this is super, super important, gang. Um, mm-hmm. Aiming for seven to eight hours of sleep per night helps regulate hormones that control appetite, metabolism, and aid in weight management. Uh, and beyond that, it's it's literally your body's time to like recover and recharge and rebuild. If again, mm-hmm. if you're doing weight training or doing something really strenuous, you're literally rebuilding and getting ready f- to do it all over again the next day. Mm-hmm. That's so important. Yeah. If you yeah, you literally think about it as that seventy eight hour window, maybe more if you're a pro, if you're a sleeping pro. <laughs> yeah. um, that is probably the only real time of the day that your body gets a moment of zen where it is not impacted by the external stimulus of your existence work life relationships your problems anything all your thoughts you get to just disappear from it all and your body gets to shut down and minimize its processes and recover and so think of that like that's that state of like homeostasis that we're trying to reach um in all things with sleep nutrition fitness stress management which we'll talk about next and (laughs) that's it's like this uh well-rounded breadth of like taking care of yourself and because all these factors contribute to your daily experience and have a positive net effect and an accumulative effect too, you know? So, um, like obviously one night of seven, eight hours of sleep, isn't going to outdo a week of maybe sleeping four to five hours and just 
pounding through the week on energy drinks, right? Like we want this to be a kind of built in factor. And so, cause there is, you got to build it, you got to, you got to keep practicing it. And so yeah. uh, I think easily my sleep uh, was one of the most beneficial things to my progress back when I started WAG as a client and today in terms of the long-term, which is what we're talking about. Cause we're talking about how these are short-term things, but really yeah. they're developed into long-term habits that then get to carry you even farther than you imagine when you originally set out and had a particular goal to reach, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's about cr crossing that imaginary finish line and moving beyond it. Cause as Josh and I said before the show, the only finish line is death, you know? So <laughs> you got to keep showing up and giving your best. Like what other option do you have? You know? Yeah. And so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, going, uh, yeah. Having a good bedtime routine is also super important. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Like what, what would you recommend for that? Well, um, but much like Chris said, it's a practice, right? Mm -hmm. Much like, uh, you know, you think, think, yoga is a practice like you have to keep doing it in order to get better at it mm. um so it's like keeping figuring out a routine that is going to work for you kind of i mean I, there's going to be exceptions there's going to be times when you travel there's going to be times where perhaps you have house guests or you're staying at someone else's house you know you're with your family whatever there's going to be times where it's not going to be ideal it's not going to be perfect mm. that said it's really, really good to get into habits when you are at home and you're just in your everyday routine that you can try to just hold tight to and mimic in any situation. So what does that look like? <clears throat> that can look like eating dinner at the same time. You're, so your nighttime routine, whatever, mm. evening routine, eating dinner at roughly the same time each night and then having a sequence of events like um, – Maybe you turn like a couple of the lights down. You turn the kitchen lights off. So all of a sudden the indoor lights are starting to get a little bit dimmer. Maybe you read for a little while. Maybe you watch TV. There's a lot of studies that show that watching TV an hour before bedtime is not good. So if you're going to do that, make sure that that's like a little bit earlier in the night. But have like some sort of activity that kind of helps you unwind. Maybe after that you, you brush your teeth or take a shower and then at that point, you are in bed. And if you fall asleep very quickly, then that can be it for you. You know, yeah. um, for, for me personally, I like to read for maybe like 10 to 15 minutes. And that like really like sets me up. And then I'm already in bed and I just go to sleep from there. Um, but there's a regardless of what activities you choose, you should be gradually unwinding and just like kind of like signing out for the day. Yeah. For lack of for lack of a better term, um, uh, and doing that over and over and over again helps your body understand. It's like, okay, when this happens, then we know that this is going to happen next. And when that happens, you, you know what I mean? Like you get into mm -hmm. the, like the sequence, the sequence of events. And, um, I encourage a lot of my clients to really work on this because, um, it's, it's really difficult sometimes. And as, as a parent, I know that like when me and, just before we had children, um, it was, you know, it was, it, it wasn't as different, mm. um, as some might think, but now like, obviously we have to make sure that the, the kids are set up for tomorrow and we get them settled down and get them into bed. And then, you know, we go into bed, but that is now part of the routine. It's not mm. like out of the ordinary that is just worked in. And also for them too, 
for the, for kids to have a routine when they're little, their bodies do the same thing. They understand exactly the order of operations and what's coming up next. So, yep. so these routines really can help you start to downregulate, kind of sign out for the day, um, and get your best rest. Yeah. Um, what's your, what about you? What's your nighttime routine look like? Um, very similar. So, um, through my house, um, I have Philips Hue smart bulbs. Every one of my light bulbs is that, and I could just be like, Hey, Alexa, dim the lights to 10%, 20%, set a mood, set a scene, all that stuff. (laughs) So like later in the night, like uh, I have the habit of just like, you know, put, putting the lights down limb on more of a, a, like a kind of like a warmish color, you know, uh, that's low and dim. Um, and so maybe the brightest thing in the room might be the TV as I'm watching entertainment or doing other things. Um, so, you know, I do that. I generally stick to like a normal dinner time. Sometimes it gets off and I'm eating at 11 PM, like our our last episode we were talking about, but (laughs) you know, but that doesn't really affect me. I, I, I sleep pretty solidly, but it is because of these routines. And so, you know, dimming the lights, um, and I do things like stacking habits. So like I'm watching TV, I'm watching a movie, I'm being entertained, whatever. And I'm on the floor doing stretches and mobility, um, foam right. rolling and doing things like that. So it's just like a two in one rather than just sitting there. Um, and then what I tend to do is then avoid blue light screens within at least an hour of my bedtime, meaning I'm not yeah. sitting in bed with my phone over my face uh, because circadian rhythms are an important thing. Like humans evolved to the 24 hour sunrise sunset cycle of the earth's rotation and that sun reliably coming up and going down every day right and so we're in tune to that and so what happens was you're in front of an led blue light emitting screen whether it be your tv your ipad your computer your phone whatever that's essentially sending signals to your brain that it's still daylight out and it's you should be alert and you should be awake and so you are essentially interrupting what your body knows to be true and you're falsifying <laughs> at what's actually happening, which is it's nighttime. Yeah. You should be winding down for bed. So um, there's that. Um, you'll notice my room. I mean, I, I don't ex- expect anybody to do this, but I, you know, in my past, I painted my room, my office black. Um, I, I changed <laughs> up the lighting. I have blackout curtains. So not only do I have mini blinds that close up, but I have blackout curtains. And then I have a fan on for not only white noise, but like circulation. And so I'm sleeping in a cool, dark cave. Yeah, Much like our ancestors did, right? Like yeah. literally a cave. And I sleep that's so good. <laughs> I love <laughs> it, dude. Like, I mean, it's just, you know what I mean? Like, in so far as like my smoke detector up here in the corner, that little green light that just shines all the time, yeah. letting you know it's on. I covered that bad boy up with like a little blackout sticker. Um, and I put those <laughs> on my electronics in my room. Anything that emits some dumb light just to let you know that it's off which yeah. I think is so stupid, cover it up. You know what I mean? And so like I've, I've tuned my room to be what it's for, which is sleep mostly. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, you know, so I'm essentially what I'm doing is I'm preparing for sleep. I'm not treating sleep as an afterthought, like, oh, I'll get to it when I get to it. Right. It's, yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to get to it. I can't wait yeah. to get to it. And I think that could be the hugest difference in people's sleep. Um, you know, uh, patterns and the, you know, the holisticness that they kind of provide around their sleep and the value that they get from it. Like imagine getting a good night's sleep and waking up and not needing an energy drink for once, like crazy. And I know we're spending (laughs) a lot of time on one thing, sleep, but I'm sure Josh can attest as coaching for as long as he has. And I have that I've had so many clients do all the right stuff as far as hydration, nutrition, fitness, 
and yet they're chasing sleep because they have a high stress job and this or that, or they, any number of litany of excuses as to why they can't get sleep at night. But once they started to tune their sleep in, all of a sudden things started moving. Yeah. And they're baffled by that. Yep. And, and literally been told, wow, I never thought how much sleep, how magical sleep could be for my results, let alone my existence. And so basically what Josh and I are saying is try it out, guys. <laughs> Folks, <laughs> yeah. you have nothing, literally nothing to lose. That's um, right. But maybe a little less time being on your devices rather yep. than sleeping, repairing, recovering, waking up, ready to kick <laughs> ass tomorrow. You know, look yep. at it like that and see what changes. 100%. That's right. it. Yeah. Yeah. Though, I mean, Chris kind of talked about, touched on this. This is the last one that we'll, there's, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot. We're, we're, we're trying to pick the big rocks today. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the big things that could move, move you in the right direction. But there, this is by no means the end all be all list. Mm -hmm. There's, there's many, many. So many um, variables. Yeah. So many variables. Yes. Everyone's situation is different. You know, yep. And you can't expect to master them all in 30, 60 or 90 days. That's right. But then you just think about that to yourself. Think about how absurd that sounds. <laughs> yeah. It takes yeah. work. Yep. It takes work. Um, the last one, got to find some help. Uh, got to find some healthy coping mechanisms. What are mm -hmm. we talking about? Stress management. Yep. Got to find ways to alleviate the stress of the day, your work, um, relationship stuff, uh, you know, just, just, just life in general. Mm -hmm. Like we said before, it's hard. Life's hard. So you got to figure out ways to keep calm and make sure that you're not, you know, making impulsive decisions and you're not in the reaction mode all the time. We react so much. Mm. I was talking to a client about this actually this week. Impulse you know, impulsive eating, um, reacting to stress and how it's so important to respond. Hmm. The reaction is just like an impulsive. It's just like, ah, we're, we're taking action right now. It's There's a time quick. for that. There's a time for that. If, if, if you're in immediate danger or mm -hmm. safety is threatened, take action, go yeah. figure it out later. Of course. Yep. When we're talking about food and we're talking about health, we're talking about stress, like take a second, take a breath, make an objective decision. You have time. I can mm -hmm. guarantee it. You have time to do this. It doesn't take very long. But that's the difference between reacting and responding. Okay, you set yourself up mentally for a better uh, uh, a better outcome if you mm -hmm. respond to something rather than react. So by choosing practices for stress management, uh, like meditation, yoga, um, spending time in nature, just doing like walks outside, um, free of devices. I think that's important. Mm -hmm. A lot of these things that you do, meditation, yoga, um, and if you do go outside for walks, like do it without your phone. Yeah. Try to just be present and be there with yourself. Um, that's a lot harder for people than I think a lot of us want to admit. But these things really do pay off and they help you manage your stress. Uh yeah, that's Dago's. What what do you got on this, Chris? Uh, I think that's also another huge thing too uh, on the sleep recognition part of it. Of like having number of right. clients who again do everything right, but once they dial in their sleep, but right, uh, same thing with stress. Once you dial in your stress, and you're not like chronically running through the day, um, yeah. and just like finding them. If you if you're waiting for the Zen or the moment of calm in your day, that's a signal that it's not going to come unless you create it. 
and you have to prioritize your stress management. And so that, I mean, that could be no, any number of things in terms of what is producing stress in your life. It could be work-related, travel, uh, partner, spouse, marriage, whatever. Uh, yeah. It could be your friends group, you know, people in your, you know, whatever, who are maybe are not conducive to the positive um, lifestyle habits of yours, whatever that are maybe, you know, don't fit within that, what you're trying to do, you know, maybe you need yeah. to cut some people out of your life that are causing stress. I recently had to do that. I had to end a nine year friendship recently because of this person's chaos. Wow. Yeah. And I feel so much better as a result, you know? And so, um, yeah, maybe we'll, this will be a topic of another podcast in terms of yeah. the, the support group and, and tweaking things in your world. But, um, it was just a big sigh of relief to know that that's never going to be a factor in my world again. And so, but I had to take ownership and really what stress management is, is ownership of what is causing you stress and yeah. saying, you know, kind of like back to what Brittany said in terms of like, how's that working out for you? You know, like how is you constantly being stressed, trying to find the calm in the day and waiting for it rather than creating it? Like, how is that stuff working for you? So like yeah. it begs the question of what are you willing to do to change it? So if your job is stressful, maybe there's some things you can't change about that. But what right. you can change about it and you do have control over is how you allow it to affect you. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of that comes with kind of like some of that stoic values of acceptance, right? And that we are not what happens to us. We are how we choose to respond to what happens to us. And yeah. so it does kind of require a bit of that, like maybe uh, eschewing some of that victimhood away and then accepting personal responsibility for your actions and the things that you maybe you know you should be doing that you're not and that could be that could be hard but like again <laughs> you have to like reconcile with yourself um as to the things you're saying that you want and whether or not the things you were doing are in congruence with what you say you want you know yeah and that's that expectation versus reality thing that we probably talk about at least comes up every other podcast you know or episode yeah. um is that you have to be in alignment with your actual reality or you got to change your expectations and so one or the other has to change and so stress management is a huge thing in terms of like your brain being able to take just a sigh of relief you know and then yeah. think about how that impacts your existence every single day and the lens in which you see the world through every single day like mm -hmm. and when i think about that it's like why not why wouldn't you want to do that why wouldn't you want to experience things like i know there's some high level achievers that kind of like get off on like oh always kind of being on the run and chasing things but like again begs the question how's that working out for you <laughs> yeah you know and what are you willing to change about it? And then yeah. seek to explore what there is to be discovered, <laughs> you know, and uh, yeah. wrap it into your repertoire, add some things in. And again, you're not going to become a stoic master overnight. It takes time. It takes practice. Yeah. You have to, you have to commit to the process of changing this shit up here because <laughs> yeah. that's it. This, this guy up here, this, this thing up here is, is your determining factor. Yeah, literally in your existence. And the, the sooner you accept that, wow, what a lot of freedom and flexibility really opens up for you. And then um, I won't say the word, but you become unmessable with, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and yeah. you are master of your domain, you know, and very little can affect you. And you're just deflecting stuff like, psh, psh, nope, 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 <laughs> not worth my time. Boom, boom. And you're just right here, right where you need to be right. in that straight line, you know? <laughs> so, Yeah do that and then see yep. what happens Everyone, yeah everyone's got their own method gotta yeah find yours yep gotta find yours yeah. very important very important so well that's a great way to close it chris yeah i agree yeah. um 
And one of the other things that, you know, worth mentioning and which we'll close out the podcast with is if you need help with this stuff, oh, yeah. uh, there are professionals that provide the guidance like myself, like Josh, um, the rest of the amazing coaches on the WAG staff. And yep. so if that's something that you feel that you could benefit from to bring things to the next level, uh, to have that accountability buddy in this meeting, all these buddy. Yeah. Accountability buddy and taking these things on head on with somebody else and not on your own and just putting it in the hands of somebody else to decide. And you're just willing to show up and say, I will do what you tell me to do to the best of my ability. Go to workingagainstgravity.com slash join, type in the code inside wag. We'll gladly give you $50 off your first month of coaching on either of our programs, essential or nutrition coaching. Plus that includes one video chat per month with your coach and a meal plan. Um, and just take advantage of it and see what's possible. Um, you don't have to wait until the new year to get started either. You know, uh, Josh right. and I are recording today on December 13th. I know I personally, when I started my WAG journey, I decided to start in November because I didn't want this to be another resolution that I started and stopped and came back full year round. So like maybe commit yeah. to just getting, <laughs> getting things moving before the new year's. And now yeah. when you go into the new year saying, I've already started, baby. Here we go. Let's do this. Yeah. What do I got to look forward to, you know, and yeah. you're already a month ahead of everyone else. Right. Um, For sure. And so, so please do that. Um, if there's anything that we can help you with, obviously leave us a comment, leave us yeah. a suggestion. Uh, and if you have questions about the WAG program or what we do or anything else that we have not covered here, shoot an email to info at workingagainstgravity.com and we'll be happy to answer your questions. And um, obviously check out the website for another wealth of uh, information, guides, support, um, even if you're not ready to take that leap. So, yeah, great. Yeah. Could have said it better myself. Excellent. <laughs> well, that was great, Josh. That was a fun one today. I yeah, yeah. Hope, hope you all enjoyed it too. And uh, we'll be back soon with another episode. So we'll see you guys next time.